Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you. You can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Right there, a manly meal. Can't turn that down. Uh, men of the house, I encourage you to come out for our men's breakfast on the 29th. It's going to be a great time to come together and hear a word and just eat a manly meal. I don't know how else you can sell it. But Pastor Kurt, I asked Pastor Kurt if, if, I, if I did the 40-day challenge, if I was going to look like the guy on the screen. He said, no chance. So I, well, I guess you got to start somewhere. But hey, welcome this morning. Like Lung said, a, a big welcome to, to all of you that are that are here this morning, and of course all of you that are tuning in online, we're so glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, I, I serve as our executive pastor here at The Rock, and it's a real privilege and, and joy to be a part of this team, and of course uh, just to see what God is, is continuing to do uh, week in and week out, lives changed, uh, families restored, uh, hope restored, I mean it's just an amazing thing to be a part of the house of God, amen? Amen, a few of you uh, believe that. I, Today, I've got a word for us. I believe that God's going to speak through me. I believe it's going to fall on each and every heart uh, just the way that it needs to. Like, like again, Lung said, God has a moment and he has a word for you today. And he has a word for me. And, and I believe that, that as, we, as we hear the word, uh, as we faith in our hearts, we're going we're to leave here differently. And we're going to have the strength and the Holy Spirit's going to help us activate that word in our life so it doesn't just stay here. And uh, so I, I want to just get right into the word. I, like I said, I've got a message. I want to go to Philippians 4. If you've got your Bible, you can head there. Uh, it's going to be on the screen for you as well. But um, let's just jump right in. Paul, the Apostle Paul is speaking here. It's Philippians 4, 4 through 12. Maybe some of you are familiar with this passage. Maybe, maybe you're not. That's okay. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. It says this. It says, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. How many of you know if, you, if you're a parent you say something twice to your kids, you mean business? Uh, he, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. We continue on, verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. At last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. It's a lot in that passage. Paul is speaking here to the church in Philippi, but he's, he, he's writing to them, but, he, but he's writing for us. One more verse, 2 Thessalonians 3.16, there's like this most famous 3.16, right, John 3.16, but there's also other 3.16s in the Bible, I didn't know if you knew that, but 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says this, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. 
This word peace, depending upon your version of choice, is used somewhere between 350 to 400 plus times in the Bible. This word peace is a word that I don't know about you, uh, but I need more of in my life. It's often desired, but feels like it can be really elusive. But today, I just want to talk from this topic for the next few moments in every way. In every way. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. We thank you today that we've come here not to worship a, a God that is far off or a God that is, is, is no longer with us, but you're with us. You're with us today and, and you are, you're here and your presence is here. And so we know that anytime we gather in moments and spaces like this, anything is possible. And so today we open our hearts and we open our ears and we open our eyes and we say, speak to us as only you can. Show us what, you, what it is that you want us to see, Father God. And again, with faith in our hearts, we're going to leave here differently because we've had an encounter with the living God who loves us, who's for us, who has a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. And we thank you in advance for how you're going to move. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I'm curious what peace looks like for you. I posted on my Instagram this past week as I was preparing this talk, what does peace look like for you? And I got some interesting responses. I got, I got some responses kind of across the map, right? Some, some people were, were going to the, like, like a literal place, like on the beach. When I'm on the beach, I'm at peace. If I'm in the mountains, I'm at peace. When, when uh, you know, when I'm, I'm in that place that I just love to go to, I'm at peace. There were some other ones that were, you know, funny, like vacuum carpet. Someone says vacuum carpet brings me peace. I don't know. I, I immediately started praying for them. But, um, but, but other people said, uh, you know, when the kids go to bed, I have peace, you know. Um, but if, you, if you have younger kids, you can, you can experience it, resonate it. But then, of course, there were people that said, hey, it's the absence of, of anxiety. It's the absence of, of fear. It's when, when things are, I can just be uh, uh, calm, right. I think it's interesting that peace can look differently, obviously, for different people. I was having a conversation with some, some good friends probably about three or four weeks ago. We went over to their house after Saturday night service, and our kids are, are great friends, and we were just eating, and the four of us as a couples, we were just talking about a particular uh, person. If you, if you know me at all, you know that sports is going to somehow, some way get into the conversation at some point, and I have opinions about all of it. And, and we were just talking about this particular person who was actually in the news for things outside of his profession for different reasons. And, and you know, have you ever said something, something comes out of your mouth and you're like, what, what did I just say? I mean, like, you, you, you believed it, but it was kind of maybe like semi-awkward. Just me, cool. All right, great. Um, but, but we're talking about this particular person. I just made this statement, having made some observations about, again, this person and this player. And, and I just said, you know, I, I just think that he's at peace. I just think he's at peace. It's an interesting thing to make an observation about somebody you don't know, right? I've never had a conversation with this guy. I've seen him play. He's one of the best players probably uh, in, in, in his particular uh, field. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a champion. Like, he's, uh, I believe it. There's no doubt about me. Every, every time he steps on that field, he wants to win. He's a competitor. He, he's somebody that's probably working as hard as just about anybody else. But at the end of the day, I just, I, this observations that I've made, it's like, this guy's at peace. Like, he knows. Like, even at the end, end of the season, if the Super Bowl isn't, if, if that, 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 that trophy isn't raised, like, he, he gets that it's okay. Like, it's just, it's just football. It's just, it's just the game that he's playing. And so we just kind of started that conversation. It's interesting enough, this, this particular person, uh, probably about five or six seasons ago, 
the, the, the season didn't start out exactly the way that the fan base or the organization had, had hoped for. And he got on a local radio station and, and he just told, he goes, listen, I got five letters for the, for the fan base. Thank God it wasn't four letters, right? But he said five letters. And it would have been really, really cool if it was like P-E-A-C-E. He didn't say that. But he said R-E-L-A-X. Relax. And, of course, they ended up having a really good season. They didn't win the Super Bowl. But, but I think it's one of those things as we talk about this word peace, it can look differently for each of us. But I think we can agree that, that it is. It can be this sense of calm. It can be this sense of, of knowing that, hey, everything's going to be all right. Everything may, may not look all right in the moment right now, but, but it's going to be all right. We're going we're gonna to get through this. And as we look at this passage in Philippians 4, I believe that Paul has, has, has shown us the secret. We saw it in the, in, in the text. It said the secret in every way. I don't know about you, but, but, but life can be hard. Life has obviously any given day can present its fair share of challenges, its fair share of, of of setbacks, it's, it's when life doesn't go the way that we hoped, when, when the plan that we had in place doesn't play out. It got me thinking about my own self, like how do I respond in these situations? Do, 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 I, do I lean into to, to, to peace, do I lean into, or do I, do I lean into anxiety? Do I lean into to fear, do I lean into worry? And, and, and I don't think I'm, I'm alone in saying this, it, it depends. It can depend at time, depending upon what life may present us with. And yet Paul, again, is, he's encouraging us. He's telling us, hey, I've got a secret. I've, I've learned this, this way to, to live in, in, in peace in every situation. We, we look at peace today and we, we can acknowledge what, what peace is. And like I said, it's, it could be, you know, the opposite of peace is anxiety. It's worry. And Paul's dealing with this. He's saying, I, I've got a way. This statement says, do not be anxious about anything. Now that sounds really good, Right? Uh, it's, it's interesting because it's not a question, it's a statement. And so depending upon how we read the statement is going to really depend upon how we receive the statement. Because it's like, don't be anxious about anything, Drew. If I said that to Drew like that, it's like, well, I'm, I have a little anxiety just by your tone. But, but, but it's, it's like this invitation. It's like, imagine Jesus, imagine the, our, our good father coming to us as a child and said, hey, 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 Jonathan, don't, don't be anxious. I know there's some fear. I know there's some anxiety right now. I know it doesn't look the way that you thought it was going to look. But, hey, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And I, and I believe that's the invitation that Jesus is inviting. When we read this statement, don't be anxious about anything. This is, this is the call. This is the, this is the statement. This is how it's to be received. And Paul's saying, listen, I've got this inner equilibrium. I've got this, this tranquility. When something, when it's come upon me, we, we remain calm. In every way. And Paul, he's saying, I've learned to be content. I've learned to remain calm despite all that life has thrown at me. And if you know Paul at all, he's been through some stuff. Right? For you and I, sometimes we need therapy just to, like, deal with bills and bosses. (laughs) Paul's saying, listen, it's more than bills and bosses. I've actually, there's there's a a long laundry list of things that I've, I've had to walk through. But I've learned to remain content. I've learned to live at peace, and, and he's acknowledging it's beyond inner tranquility. It's this peace that surpasses all understanding. To, to guard your hearts and your minds. That's what he says. The imagery there as I was reading through uh, a commentary is like Paul was wanting us to get this picture of like literal guards just marching around our heart. Just marching around our heart and our mind saying, hey, listen, there's like these guards that are doing everything they can to, to deflect and to keep out any kind, of, any kind of worry, any kind of fear, any kind of anxiety. Because, because God doesn't, he doesn't. 
allow or doesn't desire for those things to take residence in our heart or our mind. So when we guard our heart and we guard our mind, that's just, that imagery was helpful to me. It's like trying to keep, keep all of that out. He's saying it's beyond, it's beyond the inner tranquility, it's the presence of God. This type of peace that we're talking about today, it's not just the absence of, of certain things or negative things. It's the presence of God, the tangible, supernatural, transcendent presence of God. And Paul says, I- I've got that. I- I've got that. And I want you to learn how to live with it. How, how many of you are saying, yeah, that's, I, I want that. I, I want to learn how to live in every way the peace, the supernatural peace of God. And what I like is Paul doesn't just say, it's just the way I am. It's just how I was built. How many of you have some people in your life that are just, they lean naturally, like just optimistic? It's like they're the people that go outside, they got three flat tires, but they're like, man, well, at least that fourth one's got some air in it. I'm like, this is my Job moment. You know, like I just go to, to the worst place. And, 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 and Paul's not just saying, he's, he's, he's saying, I'm just built this way. It's the way I am. No. He's saying, I've learned it, which should give each of us hope because that means you and I, we can learn it as well. It means that we can step into it. It means that, that when life presents different opportunities and challenges and things that, that we don't want to deal with, we still can learn how to live at peace. Again, Paul, he's got, he's got some, some weight to him. This is, this is a man who was not just dealing, like I said, with bills and bosses. He was shipwrecked. He was tortured. He had 39 lashes. He, he was in prison. At one point, he was literally being hunted. I don't know about you. Like, I know I'm going to lose half the audience here, but I've never actually been hunting for, for animals, <laughs> let alone having been hunted by people. He was exiled. This is Paul. This is Paul. And, and, and I don't want to discount anybody in this room that, that is either walking through an incredibly hard time or have been through a hard time. This, 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 I pray today this is a, a message for you because, because God is saying he sees you. Yeah, maybe you're not Paul. Maybe you haven't been shipwrecked or tortured or 39 lashes, but, but he sees what you're walking through. He sees what you have walked through. And today he's saying, hey, there's hope and there's peace. There's hope and there's peace. What he says is I've learned it, and so it gives us hope. And, and so today, like any good message, I've got three points. It's like Steph Curry, a three-pointer is always better than a two-pointer. Preach the word, shame the devil, Jeremy. <clears throat> three points, how we can learn to live at peace. And we see it directly or indirectly in this text in Philippians 4, 4 through, 4 through 12. The first one is lead with thanks. We've got to lead with thanks. Lead with thanks. Verse 4, 5, and 6 says this. It says, whatever, rejoice in the Lord always. Do not be anxious. Make your request with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. So what, is, what, what does this not say? It doesn't say, when your order comes in, then give thanks. When you get what you want, then you give thanks. How many, how many of you prayed those prayers? Right, I, I, I include myself in this. It's like, hey, God, I really want this, fill in the blank. I really want a new house. Or, hey, I really want a spouse. Not a new spouse, a spouse when I was single. I want fill in the blank. And then if we, if we remember, then we'll say, hey, thank you, God. But no, Paul's saying, no, you lead with thanksgiving in your heart. I believe that a more proper prayer is, is that, hey, hey, God, you, you see me. You see the desires of my heart. You see what I'm asking for. But because you're God and I'm not God, 
and you see above everything, and you know the beginning from the end, and you know exactly what I need, even though I'm asking for this thing, I, I, I'm trusting that you have the best answer for me. I, I'm trusting that regardless of the outcome, you know what, it's going to be okay because I'm trusting you. Because all of us have been there. All of us have been there in life when, when we're praying for something, we're believing for something. And we, we've got a way. We believe that we know exactly how it's supposed to go. But then what happens? It doesn't go that way. I, I was thinking about Paul as, as you know, again, this man who, who has experienced so many things in life. And I've had the privilege and, and, and opportunity to go to Australia a few times. And I, I pray one day maybe they'll, that, you know, we can get back there. But, but I, I always go there in the summer, so I just assume it's always nice and hot. Um, but there's this area that I love. It's called Bondi Beach. And, and uh, if you go to Bondi Beach, it's, it's right there kind of in Sydney. And, and you go there and they've got this amazing beach. And, but, but you start to head up, to the, up the coast a little bit and it gets really rocky. Right? It's kind of a rocky coast, and, and uh, I love just standing there watching these waves come, you know, crashing in. And you can stand on the rocks depending upon the time of day because, you know, the last thing you want is to get swept out of the ocean. And, and uh, I guess you could Paul, relate to Paul a little bit more. But, um, but I'm watching these waves come in. Just, they're just crashing hard against these rocks. They're just crashing. I mean, you know, the tide's in, and it's like just crashing. I thought, man, this is a picture of Paul. This is a picture, this is a picture of, of, of us in, in, in relation to the fact that, you know what, the, the waves of life, they sometimes they, they come and they crash. They, they crash and they just hit hard. And, and there's times when you're like, you're looking at these rocks, you're like, man, how do these rocks, how are they able to stay and not just get broken up and swept off into the ocean? But I've been there two or three times now and from I think 2017 was the first time back to 2019, 2020. And you know what, every time I went there, the rocks, they were still there. They, had, they, hadn't been, they hadn't been broken apart. They hadn't been swept into the ocean. And I thought, what a picture of what God desires for you and I. When the waves of life, when, 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 when the winds of life and, and, and the water is even over, over our head and we feel like there's no hope, there's no way. He's saying, no, you, you can be like that rock. That rock that, that, that withstands the storm, that withstands the, the, the pressures, that the withstands the, the things in life that, that don't go as you, as you wish. Because what? The tide always goes out. There's always hope. Of course, in the moment, we, we don't have proper perspective. We don't have the proper, uh, the proper view because, again, maybe we're underwater. Maybe, maybe the winds are, are howling so fast we can't really hear or think straight. But, but this is Paul, and this is what he, I believe God is speaking to us today. He, I, I want you to know that there's a peace. There's, a, there's something that you can live with, that, that you can be content in every way. But we have to lead with thanks. We have to go to God understanding Romans 8, 28 is a verse that we can stand on. It's a promise. All things will work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. I know that gets thrown around a lot, but, but it should be because it's a foundational truth to our faith. Can you imagine today for a moment those people that were, that, that were there the day that, that, that our, our, our Jesus, our Messiah was crucified. Can you imagine for a moment them walking away? Jesus has died. He, he's, he's breathed his last on the cross. They're walking away. They're saying, this is the Messiah. How, how could this be? In that moment, you don't have proper understanding. You don't. We know the story because we have the Bible. They didn't know what was going to happen in three days. They didn't realize that this, this Messiah was going to be raised from the dead. He was conquering sin, hell, and the grave in that moment. But, but if we're really honest, we've all been there. We, we've been there in a moment where we think there's, there's no way. How, how could God bring any good out of this situation? 
And yet what, friends, for those of us who have put our faith and our trust in Jesus, we know that that day when Jesus died on the cross was, was the greatest act of love that any of us could have ever experienced. That's our Savior. That is who we have been invited into relationship with. But we must understand that his ways are higher than our ways. And when we understand this, when we begin to be able to just get our heart and our mind around that, which it's hard. It's hard to, to, to understand sometimes the things that happen to us, the things that we walk through, the things that we navigate. But when we begin to, to step in and lean into that, we lead with thanks. We lead with thanks and we say, God, no matter the outcome, I'm trusting you. We're, we're, we're giving, it's like an ownership transfer, like an authority transfer, right? I mean, ultimately, God's always, always in authority. He's always, he owns it all. But, but for us, it's like this trust transfer. It's like, hey, God, we're, we're trusting. I'm trusting in you, even though I can't see it right now. Even, even though life seems like there's no way out. Even though the, 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 these winds and these waves are, are too much for me. God's saying, I, I've got a way out. We've got to lead with thanks. No, number two, you've got to keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about it. Think, like, what, wait, what? Keep thinking about it. Well, verse 8 says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, fill your minds with things that are going to inspire worship of God and who he is. Paul's saying when you're discouraged, when you're worrying, when you're fearful, think about these things. Think about the basic truths, the foundational truths of our faith. A secular voice, is, this is like the opposite of what they're going to say, right? They're going to say, control your mind, control your thoughts, do some breathing, here's some techniques, maybe do some self-care. Which again, these things in and of themselves are not necessarily bad, but they're not going to give you true peace. They're not going to fill the peace that you need. Paul's actually saying, listen, when you're in this place, start asking the big questions. Who are you? Why are you here? Where are you going? What is the meaning of life? These aren't things that, that, that you're going to typically hear. And yet Paul's saying, no, think about these things because these things are going to point you back to God. These are the things, these are the foundational truth. These are the things that, that God's going to remind you that, that you are here. You are purposed. He has a plan for your life. He is going to work this out for your good. you got to keep thinking about it. Paul's saying, this is what I've learned to do. When fear and anxiety come, I, I, I'm going to think about God and who he is and, and what, what he's doing. And, and even though I can't, again, I can't, I can't understand, I can't see it, I'm, I'm trusting that he's working. It's like that song that we sing, Waymaker. Even, even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, I know you're, 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 you're doing something good. It doesn't look good, but, I'm, but I, I know you're doing something good. That's why we've got to be so careful when we read scripture. Like, like Lung said, he, he's gotten me into this, this thing called the shred, right? Just like there's nothing about me that says shred. But it's like he's gotten me this thing called the shred. And, and, and Pastor Kurt, there's a few of us doing it. I'm a couple days behind, so be, please pray for me. It's, it's, it's 30 days through the whole Bible. Like we're reading the whole Bible in 30 days. Some of you haven't done that in 30 years. But that's no judgment. 30 days we're reading through the Bible. It's so important, and the whole point of it is to get the big themes of Scripture. It's actually pretty amazing. We've got to be so careful that we don't just pick and choose verses and just pull them out of context, right? Because if you did that, you could read through a book like Job or Ecclesiastes, and, and all of a sudden you're like, who, wait, who is this God? Who, uh, Job, Job experiencing extreme loss and, and torment and pain. And Ecclesiastes, the, the writer says, what, what is life? Life is meaningless. And these, these are men who love and worship God. But when you, when you read the whole, 
whole, when you get the whole picture, not just a little, a little, a little snippet, you, you realize that even though these guys had their moments where they're crying out to God, they're wrestling with God, they're saying, what, what is this all here for? At the end of the story, they always, they go back to their God knowing that they can trust in him because he's trustworthy. Knowing that, that, that even though there's not good things happening, he is good. And so because he is good, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep locked with him. Because even though, even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I'm losing people, even though, even though there's, there's pain and torment and there's agony and there's defeat all around me, my God is good. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with him because I know the end of the story. Today, we, we have to keep thinking about these things. We realize that it's possible to worship God, a good God, even in the midst of extreme pain, because he is good. Because he is good. And we must trust in his goodness. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds, keep thinking about it, are steadfast because they trust in you. we got to keep thinking about it. We think about these, these things. You know, we can acknowledge the world has peace, but it's not a lasting peace. It's, it's a faux peace. But Jesus has promised us life, and he's promised us life eternal. we got to keep thinking about these things. We get peace from thinking and thinking and thinking about these things. God's truth, who he is. Amen? And last but not least, we must love what is good. The band can go ahead and, and come back up. We must love what is good. Or, or in other words, we must love what is best. We must love what is best. We, we see, again, in, in, in Philippians 4, it says, whatever is lovely, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, the, the reality is that the peace of God, it, it, it keeps not just our minds, but it keeps our heart at peace. It keeps our heart at peace. But Paul's now talking about something a little bit deeper, a little bit, uh, something a little bit more. A key indicator of stress is fear and anxiety. We give our, our hearts to things that ultimately are going to let us down. How many of you have ever been in that position? You've given your heart, you've given a piece of your heart to something that let you down. Maybe it's a, a past relationship. Maybe, maybe it's a career. Maybe, maybe it's just fill in the blank with whatever it is that we will allow and at sometimes think, oh, yeah, I'm going to give myself, give a piece of my heart to this thing. The truth is, is that no matter what, whether it's a career, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a, it's a, it's a, a son or a daughter, whatever it may be for you, all of these things at any point are capable of letting you down, which can lead to fear, anxiety, stress, worry. What we're seeing today is, is that Paul is saying, listen, I don't want you to, to not love your, your family and your spouse and your career and all these things that, 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 that you do love. But I'm telling you right now, if, if the order is not right, it's going to be all out of whack. What he's saying today is that you must love God supremely. St. Augustine said this, he said, only give your love to that which is immutable. Do you know what immutable means? It means that it doesn't have the ability to be changed. It's unmoving. And friends, today the only person that I know that can fall under that category is not my spouse, as great as she is, not, not my kids, as, as great as they can be, not even some of my, 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 my best friends. It's Jesus. It's the person of Jesus. He's immutable. There's nothing that can be changed. There's nothing that can move him. Death can't move him. Stress can't move him. Fear can't move him. Worry can't move him. We must love God supremely. And when we love God supremely, guess what? 
<laughs> this, is, this is so hard to understand, but when we love God supremely, <laughs> death, death just means things are about to get real good. It means they're about to get even better than they are now. And I know that's, that's, that's a hard thing to wrap our mind around. David Crowder once said, Christians, all Christians want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> right? And if we're honest, we've all been there. It's like, man, I, got, I feel like there's still so much life to be lived and so many things that I want to see my kids do and things I want to, places I want to travel with my wife and, and things I want to do, golf courses I want to play and, and all these different things. But at the end of the day, death means it's only going to get better. Because you and I, friends, those of us that have entered into the, to this amazing relationship with Jesus, our, our greatest position will be in the presence of the King. It's, it's, it's the glory of the Father that you and I get to experience one day, whenever that may be. Pastor Kurt said it last week. He said, you know what, this imagery of, of our last breath on earth is actually, uh, our next breath is going to be in the presence of the Father. It's hard. It's hard to think about because we, we, we think about people here and friendships. But, but you know what? I, I got a feeling when we get there, there's going to be nothing like it. The absolute glory. The beauty, the, the splendor, the awe, the wonder, all the things that we sing about, all the things that we, we think about at times. There's going to be nothing like it. So, so what? We live with hope. We live with peace. We live at peace. Content in every circumstance. No matter what. No matter what happens. No matter what life throws at us. No matter how hard the waves crash against us. No matter how hard the winds blow and the storms come in. You and I can be like that rock that stands secure. Not on our own strength. Because we have the Prince of Peace right next, right next to us. Many of you know Philippians 4.13. Maybe you hadn't read the first, first eight verses leading up to it, but, but you know the Philippians 4.13. I can say this with confidence today because what? Philippians 4.13 says what? I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now you got a little bit of weight to that verse, right? Now you got a little bit of weight because Paul's saying, listen, I've been through it all. I've learned the secret. I, I, I'm content no matter what happens. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not because of my own strength, not because of my own might, but because the Prince of Peace is with me. And no matter what happens, I can be at peace. I can live at peace in every way. Amen? Will you stand with me as we pray? Thank you, Jesus. If you just bow your heads, close your eyes, I just want to take a moment here. I, I acknowledge that there could be people in this room or watching online that have yet to enter into a relationship with Jesus. And, and, the, and the truth is, is that the only way we can ever have the peace of God is when we are at peace with God. The, being at peace with God is the, the precedent to, to being and having and living in a place where we have the peace of God. But like a good father, he's promised that he's, he's going to be with us. When we, when we call, he answers. And so today, if you're in this room or you're watching online and you're saying, hey, this is where I need to, to go first. I need to, I need to step into relationship with, with the Father. I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. It would be my greatest honor to pray with you as you receive this free gift of salvation. Again, with eyes closed and heads bowed, if, if you're here today and you're saying, that's me, I, I want to step in. If you're online, as Lung said, God is, is omnipresent. He's with you right there, right now. And I pray that he would make himself known to you in maybe a way you've never known before. I just, in your own words, I just, I'm going to invite you to invite Jesus into your heart, to become the Lord, to become the Savior of your life, to, to give him ownership, to, to transfer the authority that you think you've been carrying, that, 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 that you think that you've had, the, 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 
the grip on life that you think you've had, I, I, I hate to break it to you, but you haven't really had any grip at all. But God, he's, his grip is strong enough. His heart is good. And he is trustworthy. Today, as we, as we close this, this service and as we go back into this song, I want to pray for you just a blessing. Because I know many of you, maybe you're in a different place and you're, you're like, man, I need this word. I, friends, I need this word. Because every single day there's opportunity to, to, to give myself to anxiety, to give myself to worry, to give myself to fear. But, but I want to I walk confidently and, and, and boldly in the peace of God. Because I know it's there. I know he's sufficient. Every, everything that he offers, I need it and I want to step into it. Today, God, I pray just a, uh, a spirit of peace over this house, over those watching online. I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. I thank you that you've never, you've promised to never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you today, Father God, those that are mourning, those that are grieving, those that are, that are getting just crushed by the ways of life. I, I pray that a supernatural peace would come and, and surround them, God. And, and bring others, bring others that are going to speak life and, and be a, just a, a peacemaker, those that, that come and, and bring and, and are able to sit in the middle of it, God. We thank you so much, Father, for, for what you're doing, how you're working. You are so faithful to provide our every need. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.